Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is John Markar and this week we are bringing you something very special. I mean, every week's very special, but this week is something extra very special. Is that a word? Who knows? This week we are coming to you live, I say that with uh, inverted speech mark commas that you can't see me doing with my fingers, but live from the BBC Television Centre where we were present for the launch of the Lotus Elettra, Lotus's first take at an SUV, and of course, they're going in with a bang, they're making it a hyper SUV, super fast charging, super huge power, 0 to 60 in under three seconds, lots of big, very exciting things. Now, if you are an avid listener of the Driven Chat podcast, you will know that this is not our first Lotus launch podcast, because we were present for the launch of the Amira in 2021. And our very own Andy J, broadcaster extraordinaire, was there to present it. He was presenting the car to the world on the day that it was unveiled at Hethel, whilst the skies opened and we had just about every type of weather in the space of an evening that you could throw together. It was dramatic. Uh, this time, Lotus decided to play it safe, well, half safe at least, by doing half of the launch indoors and they did it at the BBC Television Centre, the iconic, iconic building where loads of famous TV shows have been produced here in the UK. Now just like at the Amira launch, Andy was asked once again 
being the fantastic broadcaster that he is, to come along and present on their behalf and launch this car to the world as well. This time he did it alongside Julia Hardy, who's very well known as a presenter and broadcaster on BBC Sounds. Uh, she's also hugely in the uh, hugely successful, I should say, in the gaming world and has many fans and followers on that front. So Julia and Andy were there to present this car to the world. And because Andy was there, once again, we were giving some behind the scenes access. So I went along to TV Centre. We took Rich, our camera operator, and Amber, our production assistant, and we had a little wander around throughout the day. We got to see the car just before it was launched to the world. That was quite ex exciting and exclusive. And we got to catch up with much of the team that had been involved in getting this car launched. Many of those you're going to hear from in this episode. So to give you an overview of who you're going to hear in this very special episode of the Driven Chat podcast, we are, of course, going to talk to Andy. I met up with Andy just at the very beginning of our day, which was the kind of late morning on the day of the launch and uh, Andy gives a fantastic overview this was primarily recorded for our radio show you'll get to hear that kind of the way that we're talking but uh, yeah primarily for the radio show but Andy sets the scene perfectly so we talked to Andy I then go and talk to Ben Payne who is uh, effectively responsible for the design of this car. Ben is responsible for many of the non-automotive side of Lotus design, but with the SUV, that kind of half falls into their lifestyle category part of their brand as opposed to just the automotive side. So Ben has given a fantastic discussion and an overview of the importance of this car and the significance of this car and also a bit of an insight into how that process works when it comes to designing an entirely new product for a car brand this being the first ever SUV. I then talked to Matt Windle who is the managing director we've spoken to Matt a few times on the podcast absolutely fantastic man we love having him on the uh, podcast and on the radio show he's a great guy to chat to and we speak to James Lane, who has a relatively new title. Uh, he is the director of the Lotus Advanced Performance Department. That is effectively going to mean um, a kind of specialist high-end M division, if you want to use a comparison to BMW. That is what Lotus is doing, and James is the director of that whole new department. Uh, we talk to James Andrew, who is the head of PR for Lotus. We also speak to Peter Horbury, who is the head of design at Geely. It goes no higher than Peter when it comes to design. And Peter has designed some of the most iconic cars that we've seen on the road today and employed some of the most famous and successful car designers. He's top tier, absolute top tier. If you know your cars and you know your car design, you will know the name Peter Horbury. As I say, he's penned, planned, drawn and ultimately brought us some of our favourite cars. We will also be talking to some other interesting people Elisa Ottoli, who is the namesake of the Lotus Elise. The, the Elise was named after Elisa. Uh, she was there at the launch, so I managed to speak to her once the car had been revealed. And I did a bit of a walk around at the actual reveal, albeit with a bit of background music and uh, a, a bit of noise. But hopefully we've been able to clean that up for you. But I speak to Elisa. I speak to Alex Goy, our journalist friend, somebody who's, again, featured on the podcast many times before. He gives his opinion of the car once we've seen it. Richard Porter, who we spoke to, we had a dedicated podcast with just before Christmas. I caught up with Richard. And that also turned into be a bit of a mashup because Gareth Jones, fellow podcaster, and I believe the first, the very first automotive podcaster, jumped in whilst recording his podcast, whilst I was recording this podcast, talking to Richard Porter, which was then joined by the already mentioned Alex Goy. 
it gets quite complex. But we've decided to leave it in, and you'll hear what on earth I'm talking about shortly. We also spoke to Becky Evans, and we caught up with Andy J at the end of the day as well to summarise and give his thoughts on how the day had gone. It's a pretty jam-packed episode, this one, so I hope you enjoy it. I hope you understand that this is a kind of thing that is very difficult to plan, so we never really know how it's going to pan out. I turn up with a handheld microphone and some audio recording gear, and we walk around hoping for the best. That's generally how these days go together. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that uh, it is a show that you are able to share with a few people, and I hope that it gives a bit of an insight. If you haven't yet seen the car... I mean, if you're in the automotive world and you haven't seen it, I'm sure you're hiding under a rock of some sort. Uh, but you can see that on both our website, drivenchat.com, and also on our social feeds. We have loads of lovely photos from the launch, so you can see the kind of atmosphere that we were up against there. A fantastic day that I hope then turns into a fantastic podcast. Thank you, as ever, for listening. We are now approaching 100 episodes. Do I know what we're doing for that 100th episode yet? No, I don't. But who cares? We'll get there. We'll figure it out. It's going to be amazing. I can promise you that we have got some really exciting content coming up very, very, very soon. More amazing people that we're talking to, more amazing days out that we're going on. The content is piling in. So thank you for being part of it. Thank you for being part of the journey. If this is your first episode with us, then you have got pretty much 100 episodes to catch up on every single week maybe bar two we have a celebrity special guest of some variety somebody significant from the automotive world that joins us each week for each episode it's a special podcast this one i like it i'm really pleased with it i hope you enjoy it as well remember you can see everything we do drivenchat.com you can follow us on social media at drivenchat and if you want to get in contact with the show you can do so via email podcast at drivenchat.com or alternatively slip into the dms on your preferred social feed or on the website drivenchat.com you have a contact page there where you can fill out some little boxes and it goes straight through to my email account and i will read them all so thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoy this week's episode and i will speak to you again next week the Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Hey, welcome to Driven Chat, a show with a difference for you today because John Marker and myself, Andy J, are stood in the most cool place. This a venue that has been utterly transformed. The BBC Television Centre in London has been hijacked. It's been completely taken over. All the TV shows that usually happen here, all the celebs that usually strut around, and all the people that live in the building have been booted by the glory that is Lotus because we are here to unveil the latest Lotus, the Hyper SUV, the all-electric Electra. And it is going to be, we're talking to you before the show and then during this show you'll hear lots of things in and around. I mean, I'm not quite sure how the timeline's going to work here, John, but it's, we've got people involved from Lotus, we've got some of the stars that have shown up, we'll be reacting to the car. And one of the reasons why we're doing this is because we like to be here at the landmark moments. And... I have a feeling, and I hope you agree with me, John, that the Electra is one of these game changers. We talk about game changer cars sometimes on the show. We talk about how you reset the rule book, and we've talked about how electrifying cars has completely changed the designer's notepad. They no longer need to be cab forward, massive engine somewhere, and so on. Even mid-engine doesn't have to be accommodated anymore because it's all about just having that electric skateboard, which means you can completely play with the design and harness things like porosity of the car. And this whole show actually is called Electra Carved by Air because the whole design language of this vehicle is making the most of aerodynamics. 
So they've made an enormous SUV that is somehow capable of doing over 200 miles an hour, 0 to 60 in a crazily fast amount of time, I think over 600 brake horsepower, and it easily accommodates at least five adults. John's looking at me with the most astonished face. Oh yeah, and then other things, something like 350 mile range, and you charge it in 10 minutes. What do you think, John? This is, yeah, without a doubt, one of these pinnacle days where a car manufacturer comes along and says, right, we're launching this, and it's going to do this, 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 and this, and the whole automotive world go, sorry, what did you just say? Because it really is going to be a landmark car. Now, we did something very similar. Of course, we were present at the Lotus Emira launch, which was amazing. We had some behind-the-scenes work. It's worth pointing out that you're here, Andy, on a professional capacity. You, once again, are the presenter, presenting this car to the world, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a real honour, actually. We, um, we were asked to host the first one, the Emira, which was brilliant. And anybody that saw that will remember the crazy storm we battled and the lightning and then the rainbows and so on. And it was, it was an amazing... Nature played its part. And... Um, yeah, the very kind people at Lotus said, well, we've got another launch, would you like to host it? And I was like, yes. But the thing for me was, it's not just that the people at Lotus are great and, and a joy to be around, it's the fact that their products are fantastic. And it's one of those things, I'd seen the script for this before I'd seen the car, and seeing the build-up, I mean, this is a massive show. This is much more than just a car launch. It's not just pulling off some silks and going, there it is. This is a huge hour-long event with dancers and performers and fireworks and all sorts of crazy things. However... I didn't know what the car looked like. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I've said yes, and I've read the script, and there's all these amazing things they're saying about it, but what's it going to look like? And so when I saw it a couple of days ago, when I first showed up at the BBC, the main feeling I felt was sheer relief, because the car is incredible. I mean, visually amazing. We've obviously established all its credentials as why it's great from all the various different reasons, but it still has to look good. Oh, my days, it looks sensational. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've only at this very point. So to set the scene for you, dear listener, we're currently recording this just gone midday on Tuesday, the 29th. And uh, yeah, this is the, the launch day. So we are, as we record, ahead of the world seeing it. By the time you're hearing this, you probably have seen it. You've seen the images. You've probably seen Andy looking fantastic on stage and presenting it to the world and hope hopefully <laughs> yeah, yeah, no fluff ups and uh, and crucially no rain because just to set the scene here as well we're at the BBC television centre if you are a television consumer in the UK you have seen this for years and years and years generations we're standing in the Helios have I got that right that's right yeah that's the well in fact anybody that watches the new Top Gear will know when the three lads do their links outside they're in a big kind of semicircle well in fact it is a full circle it just it looks like a semicircle on telly doesn't it unless you have the drone shot we're in that circle we're in the top gear circle but we've also got studio one which is home for every iconic bbc studio show shiny floor show as they call them for the last 50 60 70 years so yeah it's a massive massive production the biggest studio the bbc have got and their massive outdoor space oh and there's car rallies going on as well i think i've undersold it by saying you know we've got dancers and fireworks it's massive it is massive, it really is. And, I mean, the thing... You can hear the fact that we're in London here because we've got sirens going past. Uh, but the thing that made the Emira launch so uh, memorable, especially for you, Andy, is the fact that it bucketed with rain because you had no roof over your head. And the Helios, in a similar way, also has no roof. At the moment, we're standing out here in the dry, not the warmest of days. Um, have you been looking at weather or have you just been avoiding it at all costs? I have had three different reports... All of them conflicting. The only thing I'm going to be acutely aware of right now is that it's freezing and it's only going to get colder. So whether whether it rains or not, the one thing you can be sure of is whatever I do, however I do it tonight, 
I will be freezing because I am in a, a small summer suit with a T-shirt. <laughs> and I'm almost entirely outside. Absolutely. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for the rain. Obviously, by the time you hear this, you'll know how it went and we'll probably be checking in with you time and time again uh, throughout today's show. Uh, the whole purpose of today's show is we're going to be bringing you some behind-the-scenes insights. We're going to be speaking to as many people as possible. We've already lined up the likes of Matt Windle, who we're calling a friend of the show. Uh, he's the managing director of Lotus and a lot of the PR team, design team and people that have been involved in creating this amazing project. So why don't we cut to a break for now? We will. Uh, I'll get out our recording equipment go and find some quiet corners to sit down with people and I will let you, Andy J, get ready to uh, present in your lovely t-shirt. I'm cold already, John. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> Perfect. I'll speak to you in a bit. We've tucked ourselves away now for the first interview of the day. Uh, now we're sat in the, the belly of the BBC Television Centre. We've just walked into a very, very dark studio and had a quick glimpse at the car, almost in a very mysterious setting because, of course, it was surrounded by dry ice and darkness. Uh, but we've managed to collar quite a significant person, and the person we've collared is Ben Payne, who is the head of Lotus Lotus Tech Creative Centre. Have I got that right? Correct, that's absolutely yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Ben. This is an amazing day for, for all of us here. I mean, we feel extremely privileged to be mm. here, to be able to see the car before the main launch. We will, of course, be here for the launch as well. Um, but what's this day like for you? And, and tell us, what's your involvement and has your involvement been with this car? It's a super significant day. So um, I'm responsible for the design team that's developed that car. Uh, that's a process that's been going on for just over three years now. So there's an awful lot of hours and effort and uh, you know bits of heartache and anguish that's gone into producing a car. Um, from a, a huge team that are behind Lotus now. And uh, although we've been living with it for quite some time, this is the first day that the public get to see it. So it's, uh, it's a huge moment. And um, I think you'll, you'll agree when you see the product that it's, uh, it's a big step forward for Lotus. Absolutely. And this is a bit of a change, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is a bit of a change in the, the usual for Lotus, whereas they have their design team at Hethel, mm. the car gets developed at Hethel, goes onto the production line at Hethel and comes out. This is a slightly different project, isn't it? It's a very different project. So um, we're, we're going to move into new market segments. I mean, that's common knowledge. We've talked about that in the press for quite some time. And this is the first of those so-called lifestyle products for Lotus brand. So this is moving beyond being, you know, uh, a sort of more niche sports car maker with cars that are sort of hand-built and developed only in Hessel. These are a bit more sort of globally relevant products, which are going to have a broader appeal and um, some sort of significantly larger production volume. So. It's a different undertaking. This product is not only the first lifestyle product, the car is also the first of the sort of mass-produced future of uh, electrified products for Lotus. So, um, you know, you guys have been aware that uh, a few years ago the Avaya was launched very much as a sort of halo car Oops, for Lotus. Yeah. The future of, uh, you know, EVs uh, represented in, in hypercar form, so everything about performance. This, I guess, is the first expression that Lotus as a brand have, have made of a car where um, it's it's more attainable than um, than hypercars, both in terms of cost and uh, production numbers. Absolutely. So it's a very different proposition. Yeah. yeah, and you say more attainable than hypercars, which absolutely, I'm sure it will be, but the thing that's fascinating me, now I must point out at this point, the car has not been launched. We're recording this as I speak at 25 minutes past 12 on the day of the launch, so we haven't yet officially been told yeah, yeah. We've stats got, and we've specs got, we've and got, things. We've uh, got seven and a half hours to go, then, haven't we? <laughs> we have indeed. But you say uh, more attainable than a supercar, but from what I've heard, the rumours, which I'm yet to have... Uh, 
giving concrete evidence, and don't worry, I'm not pushing you for any uh, mm. pre pre-release answers here. But this is going to be supercar quick, isn't it? This is this is a fairly substantial yeah. vehicle. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's a lifestyle product. I mean, it, it is an e-segment SUV, but you know, it's very much a Lotus. So there's a hugely capable car there with some serious performance numbers around it. Yeah, fantastic. And we've seen for, so far. Walking around, I've seen some wheels, some tyres, and a, quite a sizable thing. So this is a, a big family car, family units. It's it's an amazing blend of you know sports car uh, design aesthetics. Uh, I, I could even say hypercar design aesthetics. I think um, serious performance capability and some real world practicality. Yeah. So it's something that can be a really multifunctional product for for people to own. You know, sports cars are fantastic. They're great fun, but for a lot of people, they don't fulfil day to day function. And uh, this, this car is really going to give you the best of both worlds, I think. Fantastic. Now, what has your involvement been with Lotus up to this point? Have you had any involvement in previous cars for the Lotus brand? I've been with uh, Lotus brand in terms of doing products for, for just over three years. So this is the first one. Um, as I said, the, the Lotus Tech Creative Centre, which now exists in, in Warwickshire in the UK, um, has the remit to, to look after the development of lifestyle products. And obviously we work together now with the ever-expanding network of, of sort of Lotus facilities around the world now. Um, the sort of aspiration for the brand is huge. Great. And uh, the car that you're going to see in seven and a half hours <laughs> is, uh, I guess, the first sort of indication of that intent and uh, where we're going. Fantastic. And so what are your... Obviously, you know more about the car, more about the product, and probably have a better idea and understanding of what the, the vision for Lotus is in the future because it's mm. such a it's such a loved brand, especially yeah. here in the UK. Yeah. It's a British institutional brand that people have always loved. People always look affectionately on it, car lovers or not. It's yeah. just one of those brands that people love to see. How does this project pave the way for you in, in the future of Lotus? Do you see a very big, exciting future beyond just the automotive sector? Because we've seen Lotus bicycles we've seen lotus engineered sports products yeah what do you see as this and is this like a pinnacle well, turning point? I, I see a lot because i'm right inside the business in the most confidential area which is design so yeah. there's only so, so many things i can <laughs> say but i think i think uh, i'd come back to a point i made a couple of minutes ago we're, we're moving from being a kind of uh, hand-built sports car manufacturer from a specific sort of region with a, a rich history in the uk to being something with more global relevance and I think the kind of the wording around that that's probably the most appropriate is Lotus is really going to become a performance premium brand. Great. And I think your imagination can join a few of the dots about what kind of things that, that, might, uh, that might involve. Brilliant. So, yeah, lifestyle products is, let's say, step one. And, and by those, we mean the E-segment SUV you're going to see in 7 hours and 25 minutes. <laughs> and um, some other things that are coming in, in you know, subsequent space of time next year, the year after, and the one after that. Fantastic. And is it the car side of things that excites you most, or is there other aspects? Again, I'm being very careful how I'm saying yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I'm excited by all kinds of things. I think as a designer, we, we tend to be quite uh, restless souls, and we're always looking for the next thing. So yeah. having, you know, one car to deal with, then another one, and another one, which is sort of currently where we're at, that's sure. exciting enough. But when we see that the, you know, the, the whole situation can be expanding into something bigger, something a bit more diverse. It's super interesting. Yeah, you know, it all feeds into having more richness about the expression of the brand and sort of more things that we can tie together into the products themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the opportunity that, that Lotus has right now in terms of this huge shift as we move forward is, is pretty unique. Um, the industry is at a sort of strange time in a flux where electrification is changing the rules for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think Lotus uh, and the, you know, 
the sort of wider business around it. It's been very clever with how they position themselves now to um, come directly into EV sales and look very much into the future. Well, we're, we're absolutely delighted. We're chuffed to be here to, and we're so excited to see the actual reveal of the car. Thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. No problem. We will no doubt be bumping into you throughout the day and maybe even we'll see how things, how busy things get later. You might find me walking around a bit later on with a handheld microphone if I can grab you no, for another minute or two just to see what your reaction is to those oh, reactions. We'll have a little run around the car and explain, explain some things. It's um, it's a product with a lot of, uh, you know, real sort of stories of substance and, and things to talk about. Fantastic. I think it's really interesting. It's good fun to describe the car to people and really start to understand everything we've been doing. Awesome. Right. Thank you so much. And we Welcome. shall speak to you again in a bit. Thank you. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Right. The next two people that I have found whilst walking around the BBC Television Centre. Uh, well, firstly, I'm going to call you a friend of the show, Matt, because you've been on with us so many times that... Uh, we, we, we class you as a friend of Driven Chat, so it's oh, wonderful to see you again. It's the managing director of Lotus Cars, Matt Windle, and sat beside Matt in this lovely dressing room, very glamorous, by the way, that you've got us here in a dressing room here, Matt, is Simon Lane. Now, Simon, you are the director of Lotus Advanced Performance. Indeed. I know what a managing director does. <laughs> in your words, Simon, what is your job? Um, so I'm responsible for Lotus' uh, new special operations division, which we have called Lotus Advanced Performance, and we launched it uh, at the start of February publicly um, as, a, as a department. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lotus Advanced Performance is going to be responsible for a whole suite of special operations activities. Wow. So this is a new thing for Lotus, isn't it? I mean, I guess Lotus have always been regarded as a sports car manufacturer, building performance cars and already been exciting. Perhaps there hasn't really been much of a requirement to have an even sportier version of something that's already very sporty. But I guess now that, is this an indication as to where the brand might be heading with cars that aren't all necessarily two-seater lightweight sports cars, that there might be some options to have slightly more dynamic packages? Absolutely. So Lotus is transforming into a premium performance car brand. And uh, as part of that transformation, we're expanding into new areas and so uh, Lotus Advanced Performance will be responsible for delivering everything from bespoke uh, accessories, um, uh, bespoke options for customers, customization, um, to limited editions, special halo cars. Um, and by that, I mean very limited run, very specialized uh, cars, which I can't talk about yet. No, but they're that's in development. Okay. Um, and uh, we're also looking after some other really exciting areas of the business. So you may have seen we announced a GT4. Uh, yes. Amira last year um, and so that's really the beginning of a new motorsport strategy which will fall under Lotus Advanced Performance um, and then we're also responsible for all the kind of uh, experiential things for our customers to, to, to buy into um, be that coming to visit to the factory so we announced um, that we recommenced factory tours uh, at yes. Hethel uh, a few days ago so you may have seen that that's now available to book online on uh, lotuscars.com um, uh, and a shame plug there uh, so come and visit <laughs> us at the factory we've got a fantastic uh, factory tour team and uh, they can show you uh, show you around the site at Hethel and all of the incredible investment that's gone into the site there um, but also other uh, activities for our customers to take part in along with our, our Drivers Academy, so the Lotus Drivers Academy which uh, we run at Hethel and uh, again we're looking to expand that um, as we, uh, we we go into the future. So yeah, all sorts of different activities that fall under uh, uh, Lotus Advanced Performance and you're gonna see a lot more from us uh, over the next uh, the next year. Fantastic, and is the acronym deliberate, LAP? Uh, no, absolutely ah. not. 
Right. Well, I like it. It works. Yeah. It? it certainly works. Um, so, Matt, thank you um, once again. Welcome back to um, to our, our driven chat, ever expanding studio, wherever we may be. Now, I was fascinated when we spoke at the Emira launch. I was going around to everyone. We spoke to Russell, of course, the design director, and a few other people. And I'm always fascinated to try and gauge the emotion for guys like yourselves on a day like today. We are approximately seven hours ahead of the actual launch of the car when the whole world is going to see it. What, starting with you, Matt, what is your emotion right at this minute? Uh, excitement, actually. I, I'm, I'm ready to go. If, if we could do it now, I would do the show. It's, uh, it's, it's an amazing reveal. Um, when, funny enough, when I got here yesterday, uh, when I got here Sunday, um, it, was, it was just carnage. There, were, you know, there was no, no stage, no nothing. Um, they, Sunday night they just completely did it and we walked in Monday morning and I saw the stage and I saw outside as well in the Helios and I got really really excited and I was literally like I'm going to have to bring my level down somehow because <laughs> I've got two days to go or I'm just going to be a nervous wreck by the time I got there so I, I think I think that you know the star of the show is the car the car's amazing um, I think we've talked about this before because we you know we're three years into working with this car course, so yeah. But this is what it's all about for us is when 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 the public get to see it and we get the reaction and uh, we see whether we're onto a winner which i think we are definitely and we had a quick catch up just before we spoke to you with uh, with ben who is your i'm gonna have to remind myself of ben's title the head of uh lotus tech creative lotus center, center. Yeah. Yeah. and um, i was trying to gauge from ben without trying to dig too deep because obviously ben's involvement in the automotive sector is is, is significant now but this is his first automotive project with Lotus so I was trying to gauge from his the way that he was speaking as to what we might be able to expect in the future from Lotus as a brand beyond just automotive and you don't need to give away any secrets here but it sounds like things are moving in a really exciting way and we will be seeing a lot more than just cars which is really exciting isn't it yeah it's part of the strategy so I think I think um what we need to do is get new products out there first, yeah. you know. And tonight we're going to be looking at three cars that we've done since Chile took ownership in 2017. So it's three cars in five years, which is incredible. It gives us a range of cars as well. So getting that right first, getting the manufacturing facilities, the quality right, getting the people in place, like Simon coming on board now, um, is allowing us now to think more strategically, think further ahead. Uh, and uh, yeah, the future for Lotus is very exciting. And um, um, what products will go into outside of uh, of the automotive industry? I'm not sure yet, but we will do definitely. And but we've done it as well with sponsorship of sports and, and events and things like that. So yeah, it's very interesting. Tell me about how you feel in the sense of uh, if you see today as a bit of a turning point for the Lotus brand or just a, the start of a new chapter. How does it sit with you the launch of this car? Uh, well, I'm very excited about it. I think it's. Uh, First and foremost, it's an amazing product. It looks stunning. Um, the performance criteria of it is stunning, um, and it's going to be—it's going to take us into a whole new um, segment. It's going to bring a lot of new customers to the brand, but it's also—I think—existing customers will see that this is giving them another option of a, a Lotus product as well. So I wouldn't call it a turning point. I think it's—it's it's definitely a new stage. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt, but you will then—you will see um, that. Amira for us, you know, was a leap. This car is truly transformational as far as the systems, the technology, the design. 
everything that's gone into this product and that will then feed back into type 133, type 134 and then for us type 135 which is the sports car that will be coming next. So it's we won't stand still now and that, that's what you're always going to see is Lotus improving on quality and content and everything. Fantastic. And for you Simon, relatively new to your specific role right now, do you feel like this has been quite a nice transition into it? This, I imagine, and this is just my own uh, my own personal opinion here, but I feel like it's a bit like you've been given this golden chalice of, right, if you could just run forward with this now. This is what we're doing now, by the way, and you're in charge of making them even better. Is it a, is it a nice position to be in, or does that actually add more pressure? Uh, it is a fantastic position to be in. And, um, uh, you know, I, when, I, when I first um, started talking to Matt uh, middle of last year about coming to join Lotus, and he shared some of the detail of what was coming and what was in the plan for Lotus... Uh, it was just amazing. Couldn't believe what what, you know, what, what was coming, and uh, I think it's fair to say there's a real buzz around Lotus. Mm. Um, yeah, really, it, it started with the, uh, the the reveal of the Avaya a few years ago, and, and kind of the realization of that investment and what was starting to come. Um, then the Amira, now obviously today, mm. um, uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, what, what you're seeing is step by step a transformation of this company from a small. Uh, niche sports car manufacturer into a global player and uh, it's, uh, it's a really exciting journey to be a part of so yes to come in and be given effectively the keys to a new special operations division and to be able to start that from scratch I mean how many times does that happen in our industry with a brand like Lotus you know it's a, it's a really incredible opportunity and uh, so yeah that's very exciting fantastic and are you taking your approach with this particular role as a, a complete blank canvas or are you going to be taking any influence from previous marks and manufacturers you've been associated with <laughs> clearly i've got some experience from a couple of yeah other manufacturers that i've worked with so um so I, I think it's fair to say i'm bringing some lessons with me from there um uh but uh you know lotus is its own company its own brand it's got an incredible history um particularly all of the, the motorsport history and, and the links to formula one um and and a history of innovating um so uh, i think you're going to see some really interesting innovation coming from not only Lotus Advanced Performance, but the whole company, the car that you're going to see today is, is incredibly innovative in, in its approach. So, uh, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Well, gentlemen, we've grabbed you for um, more time than I think we warrant, so I'm going to let you get back. I know that you've got uh, rehearsals and dress rehearsals and no doubt a thousand other people that want to come and pull you apart for questions and interviews and things. I can already tell, having spoken to both of you and, and the PR team walking around today, Everyone's very proud of this. I feel like this is only going to be a huge success. So I'm really looking forward to also being one of those people that looks around and sees the, the reaction, the excitement to not only how this thing looks, but how it goes. And of course, what it means for the future of Lotus. So thank you both very, very much. I will let you get back to lots more hard work. Absolutely no problem. Yeah, I'll be happy to talk to you uh, later on. Perfect. All right, thank thanks. you. Bye, Right, welcome back to the Helios. And that is that wonderful, big, cylindrical, iconic space. I struggle to even begin to describe it. Unless you've seen it, it's very, very hard to describe. But as Andy said in our opening, if you've seen BBC Top Gear and the recent iteration of, it's that space that the uh, presenters stand in to uh, speak between their, their VTs, between their video bits. Um, now, I found somebody to talk to. And I'm quite excited because I found... The director, and I'm going to use the title as you put it, director of marketing and PR or something like that. Is that right? That's it, John. Something like that. <laughs> yes. Good to be here. Good to have you. So, James, Andrew, 
director of marketing and PR or something like that. Um, this must be quite a surreal day for you. We've already spoken to the likes of Matt Windle, um, who's kind of given his excitement and apprehension for the day, but mainly excitement, of course. Um, how are you feeling today? Because ultimately you're responsible for all of the marketing of this product, as well as all the other Lotus products, but generally the public perception of what they're seeing. How are you feeling today ahead of this amazing Electra launch? I've got to say, pretty confident and, and relaxed. We've uh, been working really hard on this for months now. It's been you know, the, the main thrust of everything that we've done for, for quite a long time, after the Amira, of course. And everything is in its place. You know, we've, we've put every, you know, made all the arrangements. We've got a great bunch of people coming along tonight. Really, lots of interest in the car already. About 200 deposits taken before it was even seen. So really positive, you know. It's, but there's pressure as well, clearly. Uh, this is a big turning point for Lotus and all eyes are sort of, I guess, a little bit on us as the, as the marketing and PR team. Uh, the pressure's on, but I'm feeling good, yeah. That seems to be the running theme. And I think that's mainly because, now I must point out, I have had a very, very quick glimpse in a very, very dark room. And by very dark, I mean I was almost tripping over, it was so dark. So I've seen a rough outline of the shape, but I still, at this point, haven't actually seen what this thing looks like. But everybody that I've been talking to, and from what I've seen so far, it looks like it's incredible. I've heard some rumours about the power output and the stats and the top speeds. Now all of this is extremely positive that must, must put you in a much easier position to do what you do. Yeah, I mean, all credit to the design team for the job they've done on Electra. It's it's superb. It's it's a hyper SUV. That's what we call it, and it's not just a sort of marketing term that we've coined. It actually is. You know, it's a hi hyper design because it's very influenced by the Avaya hypercar. It's of hyper performance. Remember that sort of elusive three second club or two sorry two second club sub three seconds, two point nine five seconds to sixty, and it's also it got some hyper technology in it. You know, fast charging and all of that sort of thing. And it, and it does, it looks like a, a hypercar, um, the love child of a hypercar and SUV. Let's call it that, shall we? And that's a, that's a very valid point. In fact, uh, a couple of the people we've spoken to already have, have paid reference to that supercar and hypercar capability. But of course, without the supercar and hypercar price tag that comes with it. But the thing is, when you are accelerating from 0 to 16 under three seconds, and when you have got the capability of doing the top speeds that this thing can do, it's kind of, where does the, where does the rule book change? Can we call it a hypercar? Can we call it a supercar? I think so, yeah. I mean, well, we are. We are we're calling it a, a hyper SUV. And I think as, as long as you're not just sort of making it up as you go along, as long as you've got genuine justification for doing so, as I think we ge genuinely have on the Electra, then yes, absolutely. But it's, as you say, it's not uh, hyper exclusive. You know, we, we'll build as many of them as we can sell. It's not hyper expensive. It's going to be about £100,000 starting point. So uh, it is you know, accessible within, within reason, of course. So, but... It is definitely of, of, a, of a hyper ilk, I'm sure of that. Amazing. I think it's probably going to be, you know, even if it is around the £100,000 mark, by the time it goes into showrooms and on the road prices might, might adapt slightly. But if it's, if it's close to that figure, nothing else, nothing else for £100,000 or close is going to be getting you to the capabilities of the Electra. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Ab absolutely. And, and in its competitive set as well, if you look at the other... Uh, electric SUVs, but also more broadly the sort of high-performance SUVs that are out there. They're all quite a bit more uh, expensive than um, than Electra, and obviously that's part of our strategy. You know, it's our first toe in the water in the lifestyle segment for Lotus, so we've, we've got to go in strong competitively. We've got a new factory that has a pretty big production capacity, so we've got lot, lots of sales that we need to make. So, 
you know, we, we thought about it very carefully and you were going to, you know, make, make a big entrance, I think. Amazing. Now, one of the things that I like to ask, and I did this at the Emira launch when, when collaring people like Russell Carr and Matt Windle, ahead of the actual launch, so ahead of the time that we're seeing the car as, as the masses, as we are right now, what is your emotion right now? Are you excited? Are you apprehensive? Is there any kind of nerves or are you in a, are you in a pretty, pretty comfortable spot? Well, I'm quite lucky, I suppose, because I'm the guy behind the scenes for the most part. So I don't need to get up on stage or present the car, take the covers off or do any of that glamorous stuff. I tend to stay in the background. So uh, I don't have that apprehension of you know, standing up in front of lots and lots of people to deliver my lines. But yeah, I mean, definitely it's a, it's a mixture of all of the above in a way. I'm very excited. It's going to be a super day. Uh, a little bit nervous, I suppose. You know, there's, there's a, lot, a lot riding on this. Um, and if something goes wrong, inevitably it will be my fault. So uh, I, I have that feeling uh, a little bit as well. But as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm pretty confident. We've worked so hard and uh, th there's no stone left unturned in terms of our pres uh, preparation for this. So I'm pretty confident that that hard work is going to pay off. That's really good to hear. And I, you know, I, I, I nod with appreciation. I think you're absolutely right. I think I can see, I can see the hard work that's going in here. I can only imagine what a day like today must not only cost, but also just you know, the, the planning and the logistics and everything that goes into everything. We're surrounded by a sea of yellow. In fact, at the moment, as I speak, there is still yellow vinyl being added to glass doors and windows just to really, really set the scene. You've got the main studio in the television centre. It really is, it's an incredible environment to be in. And of course, crucially, which is the one thing I absolutely love about Lotus as a brand, whilst we're here at the launch of the latest and greatest, the newest car, we're also surrounded by history. I can see over my shoulder, we've got oldest bridge. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. He's got an Esprit Turbo. There's the Elise S1. Um, I'm, fair, I'm fairly sure I saw a Lotus Elite driving around at some point. And of course, the Avia is parked up in pride of place, uh, the, uh, the EV hypercar. So I guess, does that make your life any more difficult or, uh, or exciting when you've got people that are coming along today that have been lifetime brand ambassadors for a brand like Lotus? There's a lot to live up to, isn't there, for, that, for anything that comes next, especially when it's EV. There, there really is. And Lotus is a very emotive brand, I think. And, okay, you know, an SUV, electrified, not built in Hethel. There's, there's quite a few sort of uh, interesting points of difference about the, uh, the Electra. But, again, four-door Lotuses, you mentioned the, the Elite, just four-seat uh, Lotuses, I should say, uh, are not um, an unusual thing. We've had the Elan Plus 2, the Elite, the XL the Eclat, 
and the Elettra is the latest in a, in a line of Lotuses that if you listen to um, what Clive Chapman had to say, he's here today, an Electra customer, by the way, uh, is um, he, he will tell you that his, his father's vision was always that there should be a Lotus for every stage of your life. So if you're young and successful, you can have a two-seater sports car. When you retire and you've got a little bit of spare cash, you can have a sports car. But in the middle, when family, pets, kids, all that come along, you, you need something with a bit more space, a bit more practicality. And that's, that's why things like the Elantlus 2, the Elite, etc. came about. So I, I, I don't think we are um, sort of committing any crimes here. Uh, I, th I think we, we, are, we are launching a perfectly logical Lotus and we're doing it in that really special Lotus way. And the very fact that those ambassadors that you spoke about are here tonight supporting us and, and sort of putting their money where their mouth is, I suppose, in, in, in buying the cars. And Jensen Button's got his name down for one. Clive has hundreds of others as well. You know, I think we're, we're onto something here and it's not a, um, a pastiche of what uh, a Lotus SUV could be. This, this is the real deal and my God, is it a beautiful looking thing and it's going to perform like crazy. <laughs> Fantastic. I am so excited. I'm excited to see the car. I'm excited to see him driving around. But most of all right now, I'm so excited to see the reaction of not only the visitors, the ambassadors, the press that are all going to be here a bit later on. I'm excited to see the reaction on your face, on the faces of Matt and everyone else that's worked so hard on, on the team to get this car out to the world because I'm confident and I think everyone else is confident that this is going to be a huge success and the world is going to absolutely love it. What I'm really looking forward to is seeing the reaction of the reaction and, and seeing what, you, what, what, what you're feeling a bit later on. Yeah, well, that'll be a good feeling at about half past eight. Uh, this evening when, they, when they, the covers are off and we've sort of wrapped up the... It's, it's basically a one-hour television show that we're, that we're producing here. So, uh, yeah, when the sort of you know, curtain drops on that as the uh, end, end of the night, that'll be a nice feeling to, to know that we've done it, we've delivered it, you know, that the world's enjoying what it's seen. And then, um, you know, the work doesn't, doesn't ever stop, of course, but I think, you know, maybe a, a small beer or something after that to uh, acknowledge the fact that our work here has been, uh, you know, it's been a good day's work, I suppose. Is, uh, that's the intention a bit later on. Fantastic. Well, we've got uh, a few more rehearsals to jump into. We've got a few run-throughs. There's always logistical bits and pieces that need to be done. So I shall let you get back to your hard work. And, um, yeah, we'll catch up with you a bit later on. Thanks, John. See you later. See you later on. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Right, well, the next guest that we have lined up at today's very special day here at BBC Television Centre is a man with the longest job title we've spoken to so far today. It's so long I've had to actually write it down. Peter Horbury, you are the Senior Vice President, Design Group Lotus. Have I got that right? Yes, I think that's close enough, yeah. <laughs> we have had some fantastic job titles today. Yours is definitely the longest, but as we said just before we hit the record button, a business card can only be so big, can't it? So we, uh, we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it fairly simple. So should we just say you're the uh, head, of, head of design? I think it's, yeah, I, I prefer head of design. It um, rolls off the tongue quicker, <laughs> let's say. It definitely does. Now, this is a significant day for Lotus as a brand, but obviously for you as well. Um, we're at a, a kind of a, a pinnacle turning point, aren't we, with Lotus as a car brand? This is the first full EV SUV that we've seen, the first time we've heard that term hyper SUV. Now, we are yet, we're still ahead of the launch itself. We haven't physically seen the car be unveiled, but you obviously have. You've been surrounded by it and you've seen it on sketchpads, I'm sure, for many, many years. What is your feeling right now ahead of the press actually seeing it? And not only the press, but, of course, the motoring world. 
Well, I, there's a certain degree of nervousness whenever we do these launches. Uh, it's what, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? But I'm fairly confident, I have to say. We, we've, um, we've shown a few people already uh, you know, previews, and uh, the, there's definitely a wow factor, it seems, in this one. And um, you know, I've done this many times over the years, presenting new cars, but there is something special about this one, I have to say, because it's a, it is a turning point in the, the uh, history of a, a famous brand. This is going to change Lotus. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. I can't really... It, it, see, having seen the car, I very, very fortunately have had a quick look beforehand. It, it really is. I, I, cannot, I can't really describe it in any other way than a transformative move now for Lotus as a brand. We're so used to seeing Lotus design in a very particular way, which has always been fantastic. They've always been iconic. But this, this really has the opportunity to completely transform how Lotus is perceived globally, doesn't it? Well, I, I think there was a lot of questions about, you know, should Lotus be doing an SUV? Could Lotus do an SUV? Well, the way we've designed it to, to include design cues from Amira, Evaya and Lotuses of the past, um, it, it, it certainly looks like a Lotus. I, I'm convinced that we've managed to get the DNA right uh, in this car. And even if it's quite a departure for the type of car that Lotus makes, I'm quite convinced that people will see it as a Lotus. Fantastic. And I completely agree with you as well. Is there a particular market in the world that you think is really going to want to snap this up? Well, of course, um, China is the biggest car market on earth and uh, they love things new and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, launching this in China but also Lotus may not be as famous in China in uh, the heritage and the history whereas it is in America or Germany or UK especially um, I, I'm interested to see what, how this will um, be received globally because you know for example that the, the the age group of the customers, uh, we, we would say perhaps in the US or Europe, it's probably you know people in their 40s, 50s, perhaps. In China, it's in their 20s. You know, we're looking at people of 25 years old as a target customer. So the world is different still. Yeah, that is that's that's a very very fascinating point. How involved and, and how keen are you to keep an eye on what the reaction is? Will you be? diving away to look at uh, social media feeds and comment feeds uh, as soon as the car's been revealed? Well, of course, we, we love to hear the positive news. Um, but, of course, you know, the, the, the uh, social media is full of people who will uh, doubt whatever we do. So I, we, we can't take it all too seriously. But uh, it is a good measure of uh, how this is going to perform in the market. The, this initial reaction, it's uh, very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And have you had much of an opportunity to, to drive the car or have you been in the car in any of the development? Well, we've just got the prototypes um, delivered more or less. So no, I haven't uh, actually driven the car, but the way we've been able to design uh, using virtual reality, in fact, was the, it was the savior of the project because nobody couldn't come from China. We couldn't go there. Uh, we couldn't travel anywhere. Um, so we've used VR virtual reality all the time in the design process so in in uh, meetings i've had where i'm sitting in the driver's seat 
of a car that doesn't exist, but it, for me, with my VR equipment on, it's there, all of it, in full color, looking so real. And in, in the passenger seat is my colleague from China, who's actually in China, in Shanghai, with the same virtual reality headset on. And in the back seat, there's some, I'm, I'm sitting in Gothenburg, where I'm based, in Sweden. There's the, the, the colleague in Shanghai sitting next to me. And in the back seat, there's Ben, our chief designer from Coventry. And we're all talking about this car that doesn't actually exist. But for us, it's as real as it could be. So that is the way that we've been um, making design decisions all the time. And on the exterior, we can stand and look at the car, turn it round in front of us. And then if somebody says, well, what's it look like in red? We just press a button and it's red. So this VR, as we refer to it, has been um, absolutely instrumental in getting this car finished on time. Incredible. I, I bet that's something that must have been nothing more than a, a mere fantasy at the time when you were studying or, or the early cars that you were designing. Did you ever think that we might be at a point where you're sat in a virtual cockpit with a, a colleague on the other side of the world? Yeah, it is fantastic. I mean, I, I've been a big supporter of using technology in design. Um, right from the early computer-aided design, um, we, we embraced it when I was head of design at Volvo. Uh, because in Sweden, uh, new technology is always welcome. It, it hasn't, they haven't had that Luddite sort of approach to new technology. They've always embraced it because the Swedish population has always been a bit too small for the amount of industry in the country. So they've, they've depended on new technology. So at Volvo, it was much easier to introduce this in, into the process. Fantastic. And... How do you now feel, now that the, the car is on the, uh, on the verge of being launched, how do you feel with the position that you have, which is obviously a, a very, very significant within Geely and, of course, within Lotus, how does it make you feel about the future of Lotus and about the, the cars that are coming next? Well, as I said, it, it is a turning point. This, um, this brand is becoming more than a brand, it's becoming a business um, a serious business and uh, the, the number of cars, I mean, Lotus sold 1,600 cars last year. And we're talking about 100,000 uh, very soon, let's say. So it's, it's a, um, a big day for Lotus. This is the start of a whole uh, tranche of new cars that are coming. We've, we've announced what the next three will be. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to a very rosy future for Lotus. I think, in other words, watch this space is what you're saying, isn't it? Yes, and I know what they look like. <laughs> you certainly do, you certainly do. Well, um, Peter, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's amazing to catch up with you. I wish you all the very best of luck. Uh, enjoy the, reading those very positive comments, because I'm certain they will all be very, very positive. I've seen it, as I say, I think it looks absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure the world will agree. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Right, so car has been launched, car has been unveiled to us, the media and uh, a few members of the general public as well and of course to the world because of course it's live and live streamed around the world we're now in the kind of pre-after pre party, is that a thing? Pre-after party before we delve into the, the main party to celebrate the car uh, so I'm going to try and make my way around the room amid some live music and try and chat to a few people to get their reaction. I've seen a few familiar faces. I'll try and catch up with, of course, the presenters, Andy and Julia, to see the reactions of the reactions, as I was calling it. It'll be interesting to see how, how people are feeling. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Uh, right, we've wandered around. The car's been revealed, and I've found uh, 
co-presenter, co-star, should I say main star? I think main star. Yeah, I mean, let's say main star. I mean, I know Jay's involved in this, but yeah, main star. Main star, main star. Julia Hardy, main star, the, the presenter. <laughs> the unveiler of the car, and she just happened to be joined by Andy J. Let's go with that. Yeah, he was there. He's like my sidekick. <laughs> I hate that, I hate that. <laughs> now, you must be feeling pretty relieved now, Julia, because, of course, you've been here, correct me, three days? Yeah, it's been about three days. I mean, normally when you kind of do, like, a kind of reveal event, and, like, obviously we kind of, we'd gone through the details, you know, a few weeks ago, and the director was telling us what was happening and all these, like, live performances, and we were like, sorry, live? All of this is live. Why would you do this? But I have to say, my goodness, I've never seen something so complicated come together. There was someone actually from um, BBC Television Centre, someone who worked here, was like, this is the most like audacious and complicated performance they've had here in like 20 years. And we were like, good. But now that it's all fine and over, we're very, very happy. But yeah, it's um, it's been spectacular to see. And you can just see and like feel the vibe from everyone at Lotus. They're so proud of this one and they should be. And I have to say also as well, like when we're in the production meeting, we, we asked to see the photos of the car ahead of time. You know, you want to get a rough idea of what it's going to look like. And we were super relieved because both of us had big kind of car nerdgasms over this. Because it's just a super incredible sci-fi, like, behemoth. It's just, it's a beauty to behold. And that does make the job a lot easier when you're, like, totally infatuated with what you're, you know, talking about. So. That's very convenient, because I was going to say, my next question was going to be, obviously, you, you kind of had to be excited about the car, but what do you genuinely think? I think you've just answered that question. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, presenting and hosting stuff, you are asked to, to host things. That, you know, there are some jobs that are just really easy, and this was super easy, because, like, honestly, from the beginning, both Andy and I were like, we're fully into this, we're fully into the car, and it just... It makes it so easy just to kind of gush about it because it comes from a genuine place. Because, my God, if I could blag a free one, I'm, I'm working on it. I just need to get Matt Windle like, a bit drunk later. We'll see how we go. Well, we've both got the, the black after-party wristband yes. on, so we have the opportunity to, to perhaps influence Matt into maybe giving you a car. I don't think we need to, like, help him get drunk because actually all the, all the guys here, you know, it's, it's one thing to kind of present something on stage. This was a very tightly timed, like a proper you know, TV show timed production. And you know, it's one thing standing on a stage talking to people, it's another thing when it's live. And all of them actually really, they really knocked it out of the park. You know, I thought we might have a few little wobbles here and there, but yeah, they're so passionate about it that it just, I think that sort of pushed them through it really, so yeah. Yeah, well, a massive well done to you. Congratulations on the launch and- uh, I, I love it, you're making it, making it sound like I had anything to do with the car, but I will <laughs> take that because look at it. I, honestly, it's so, it's, one of the prettiest things. I have to say, SUVs are quite sad normally. They always mm. just make me feel sad for like, we know what it's like that sort of like compromise of like, oh, okay, I have kids now, but like I want something a bit fun. And there are certain SUVs that, I mean, a lot of SUVs don't look like anyone's having fun Correct. in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's ones that look like chipmunks, not gonna name names, like chipmunk mouths, <laughs> why would you do that? And then this, you're like, someone's having fun. <laughs> someone's definitely having some fun in this car. And that's, that's what we really want, man. Life's about joy. You know, cars, you know, it's all about like emotion and how you feel and, and, and what you kind of put out into the world. And that, this definitely, this is me in a car form, like muscular haunches. What was that phrase they used earlier? There was something, something <laughs> so to do with haunches. Haunches, I was like, that sounds like me, yeah, all right. But you're right. I mean, this, 
SUVs up to now have never really been thought of as exciting cars. EVs, for a lot of people, they're really struggling to come to terms with the transition. But of course, when you look at the capabilities of this thing, 0 to 60 acceleration times, I'm seeing, I'm hearing rumours of top speeds of over 200 miles an hour. That's suddenly quite an exciting thing. Suddenly, that's very fun. I mean, obviously, drive responsibly, especially if you have children in the car. But once you drop them off, I mean, then that's fine, right? Yes, uh, uh, on the, the German autobahn. Yeah, yeah, within yeah. the legal speed limit. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just about getting away quick at the lights to just give you that little feeling of being alive. That's it, exactly <laughs> that. Julia, I'm going to let you go and uh, find a few more lovely cocktails and canapes and uh, see you at the after party. 100%, yeah, I'll be the one trying to blag a car. <laughs> Okay, now the next person that I've bumped into is a very, very, very significant person, in my opinion, to the Lotus brand, and I'm sure she will agree. Uh, there aren't many people in the world that you can say are the namesake of a design classic car, but I found one. Her name is Elisa, and she is, believe it or not, the individual that was named, well, that the Elise was named after. Elisa, lovely to have you. Welcome to Television Centre. Quite an amazing place, isn't it? How does it feel to you, obviously having such an amazing affiliation and association to the Lotus brand, to see this new chapter unfolding? Yes, I am uh, really excited for this new chapter for Lotus. I feel a uh, uh, link to this brand. It's uh, difficult to explain, but it's, uh, I, it's like a family for me. And I uh, was uh, really happy to be here today to see this new car and especially because I want uh, this uh, brand uh, to come uh, back to shine again yeah. and um, unfortunately we had uh, to close the least chapter and I'm happy that I got the last uh, customer release at home and now it's uh, time for a new chapter for Lotus. And how do you feel looking at this car? Obviously incredible performance extremely fast, extremely powerful, but all electric. Do you think it's an exciting chapter? I think uh, it is the future and uh, everybody's moving in that direction. And uh, of course, uh, Lotus is also going in that direction. That's fair enough. Would you, in your honest opinion, would you prefer it to have a petrol engine? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was going at it from a from a very bad journalistical angle. But that's fair enough. You know, we're all ex we all have to um, go with what we love and go with our passions. But yeah, at least you can say it's a it's a fantastic looking car, isn't it? Yes, it is. I have nothing against the electric car. It's just uh, that uh, I am an Elise driver and uh, I just bought. Uh, as I said, uh, the last Elise, and I can't wait to drive it. And this is a new chapter, but I'm also looking forward uh, to test drive uh, the new products of Lotus. Of course. Well, you've got that all-important responsibility and task of keeping the pinnacle of Lotus cars on the road for many, many, many years. They're not taking our cars away from us, our petrol-burning cars, so at least you can still enjoy that. Appreciate the new stuff, but love the old stuff. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the evening. Thank you. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. The next friend of the show. I feel like there's so many friends, friends of the show, but a, a clear favourite, a podium friend of the show. In third place. You say that to all the girls, John. <laughs> Alex Goy, journalist, commentator, narrator, writer, person on the internet. Person with a mouth that yes. uses it. 
my, my mum once called me a prostitute with a pen, so that'll do. Well, that, that, yeah, that's <laughs> quite fitting, actually. I, I like it. You get paid to do it. Go, go for it. Now, obviously, uh, here at the Electra launch, what do you reckon? It's a striking thing, isn't it? It's uh, the, the reaction on, on, my, on my end of the auditorium. A few people went, ooh, and a few people went, so it, it, it split opinion. Um, there are bits of it I absolutely love. So the angle we're looking at now, uh, side on front uh, is it front wheel, it's very pointy, very angry. Yeah. The porosity side of things, it's a smart way of dealing with an interesting problem. It's something that a lot of people have been doing for a while, but they haven't quite committed as strongly as Lotus. Deployable LiDAR, really smart move, because LiDAR kit is horrifically ugly. Uh, it does suffer one minor disadvantage when if you when you deploy it, the one on the front does make it look like a bit like a London taxi. Ah, yes. I hadn't thought of that. There is a little bit of that. So if you if you see a picture with a front light deployed, taxi, but it's hidden away, it's full of smart tech, it's the interior is gorgeous. <laughs> the fact they've done away with a big instrument binnacle really smart you don't need that you don't need big noise and big inf like it's it's visual mess yeah so they've removed that you've got the uh, uh the heads-up display which is cracking uh, augmented reality stuff i want to see it work before i go that's the best thing ever but if they've nailed it then it'll be bang on it's it's what you need um it's the kind of car that lotus should be building but it's the kind of car that the internet will really hate <laughs> I can I can already see I haven't been able to check any social media because there's the well television center is apparently a black hole of signal or there's so many people here that nope to, uh, to, uh, too much uh, effort for the cells to, to cope with but I, I can't see the internet loving it because it's it's an SUV that's a Lotus it's also electric and Lotus yeah. Interesting. Yeah, some strong skins might be needed at Hethel tomorrow morning. But as, as a thing, I really hope I see loads of them around London. I really do, because it would make such a wonderful change from the bland Teslas. Absolutely right. And if you, yeah, if you've been up close and personal to a Tesla, and especially if you sat inside one, you realise that's not a not a very emotive place. Whereas this definitely seems to be. Tesla's minimalist design is a wonderful excuse to do very little. <laughs> Whereas in there, I think there's, we're still in that era where you need to make uh, new technology, new cars, new toys um, feel like the old one a bit, so that people going into them on weirded out by how little you actually need that makes sense you know tesla big screen everything yeah, can yeah. be people like buttons i like buttons but no it's a it's a cool thing i hope it does well i am looking forward to seeing twitter though <laughs> well perhaps we'll find a, a little bar or an after party somewhere nearby and we can scroll scroll through twitter together i'm always down for an after party and twitter so yeah carry on I'm continuing my walk around now, surrounded by some, what I fear is quite heavily copyrighted music. Oh, hang on a minute. This is amazing. Are we shimmel podcasting? This is absolutely amazing. It's like, it's, it's, this is like, is it a collab? Is it like when doves cry? Is it something in between? It's a beautiful thing to regard. Two of Britain's best car podcasts coming together with their beautiful erect microphones in my face. <laughs> with, with the best uh, script editor that's ever been 
in this ever room. been in this room. Well, yeah, very much. <laughs> Richard's good at that as well. Much better than I am, really. really. Um, Gareth, well, uh, <laughs> hello, Gareth. We'll say a proper hello in a second. But this is a nice to you, Gareth. Yeah, very well. I'm reminded of when BBC Two would do a simulcast with Radio Two, where you could listen in stereo before we had Nikam stereo, and we've now got two podcasts with exactly the same people and words on them exactly yeah, and the same copyright infringements from the background music <laughs> it's going to be it's marvelous well, it's all right background noise is okay background's fine as long as we talk over it and edit it Sorry, we're, we're it fine this battle of the i know it's, awesome. what is going on? it's two car podcasts interviewing now a man who also does a third part <laughs> yes. car podcast and a person who is a regular on this one and a regular on that one as well it's too this, meta. It's all this, too it, meta. It, it, it's cross It's folding in on itself. There'll be machine gun podlies. <laughs> it's like Ghostbusters, where you mustn't let the uh, the, the, the flows cross. The, no. Yeah, exactly. If we spot the bloke from seeing through glass across the room, we all have to run for it, or it's all going to get too much. I don't think Sam's here. Density of a of a black hole. Richard Porter, hello, Hi. friend of the show. Hello. Richard Porter, how are you? I'm very good. It's nice to see you out. I, I, last time we met, we were in a hotel room. Yes, we were. Yes, yes we were. Yes, thank you for clarifying at, that. Yes, um, at Caffeine and Machine. Machine. Yes, we were. We were indeed. Now, we've been doing a lot of running around, some behind the scenes bit. We, I, in fact, I've been here since uh, much earlier in this day, and I've seen a lot of this. I've been quite looking forward to this part of the evening where everyone else, other journalists, media types, podcasters, seeing their reaction. Um, what is what is your reaction, Richard Porter? Um, I find this car intriguing I think that design wise I see a lot of other stuff and I know that probably drives car designers nuts because they'll go I've spent three years working on this and you're going to go oh it looks a little bit like Alexis but <laughs> I can see bits of other things now that's all well and good you can often see other elements of design Car designers have always told me that you know, it's sort of it's about the restrictions that are imposed upon them. Things like you know windscreen angle because the American regs about unbelted occupancy. The top of your windscreen always ends up broadly in the same place, and the angle of the screen pillars can only be certain, can be a certain amount of degrees. Um, headlights have to be a certain height. All this sort of stuff leads to car design becoming increasingly generic. But that being so, I still, I still don't want, know what makes this a Lotus. It doesn't it? Doesn't I, I'm not seeing. I see bit, uh, from the front. I see a little bit of Lamborghini Urus, and I sort of feel like that probably does a better job of being a Lamborghini, only because it's preposterous and oafish, and it's usually bright yellow. And Lotuses are maybe a little bit more sophisticated, and a bit more delicate than that. And, and I don't want to be one of those people who goes, "Well, unless it weighs 804 kilos, it's not a true Lotus." We have to accept the company's got to make some money for a change, and this might be a way to do it. But. Um, my initial reaction is just like, okay, it's a perfectly nice-looking, modern, electrically-powered SUV. I don't see the Lotus angle. That's an interesting one. I mean, talking today to people like the designers, the engineers behind it, a lot of people are saying it's kind of a, a, the next chapter or a new chapter or a, a, a parallel chapter to the Lotus story. But you, you do raise a good point, and I think there will be a lot of the real hardcore Lotus drivers, the people that have had Lotuses for many, many, many years. Lotuses or Lotai? Lotus is true. Thank you. Yours pedantically, etc. <laughs> um, so I guess th there is going to be a bit of a battle on the hands. Speaking to Alex Goy just now, our good friend who's just appeared in our uh, second segment, there, 
he seems to think there's going to be a bit of a Twitter storm about this, and we've even joked about the oh, possibility exactly. of hiding in the corner of a bar shortly and reading everything. I haven't dared look at Twitter. Uh, it, to slightly paraphrase the late Murray Walker, if I can just contradict myself, <laughs> the, 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 one, the one thing about this car that I think is quite interesting is that when Lotus purists get bent out of shape about it, assuming they will, I think some of them will, maybe not all, it's not to say that this is not where Colin Chapman would have taken the company, because he'd already introduced the Esprit, which was very counter to you know, the, the, the very much smaller, less luxurious cars they'd been making prior to that point. You forget, in the mid-70s, he just completely threw away the existing Lotus range and brought in the Elite and the Eclat and the Esprit. New, more expensive, bigger and heavier, and uh, much more luxurious, hopefully. And then he, he had all sorts of dreams of doing four-door saloons and other things. So it's not to say he wasn't so wedded to making tiny two-seat sports cars. What he was wedded to was making his company successful and profitable. And this, in that sense, probably is true to Colin Chapman's ethos, which is please give us your cash and uh, hopefully we can stash it all away and not go bust again which you know this is this is an interesting it is an interesting new part of the company's story if you like and let's not get too sad about it if you're going oh god but i want a lightweight sports car well you know the the Amira looks pretty good to me i'm sure it'll be great to drive sounds like from the early experiences people had with it it is so that's sort of it or if you're that fond of lotuses go my second hand elise they're still out there they're still wonderful but uh, you know, this this maybe will fund what other things Lotus is going to do uh, that, that will be a little bit more interesting, a little bit more up the streets of people who want sports cars. Spoken like a true journalist, <laughs> Richard Porter. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, it's a very very good point. I mean, the Lotus are describing this to many people as part of their lifestyle brands. They're not even really saying, "Oh, here's our new sports cars. Here's yeah. our new lifestyle brand product." So perhaps this is paving the way for other things and um, yeah I guess yeah. only time will tell as to what those other things are. Well, this is not really meant for us in the UK who have grown up with the idea of Lotus 7 and the Elise and everything else. I think this is meant for America, for China, for places where they sort of vaguely heard of Lotus and it is possible to sell something that you vaguely heard of as long as it sort of does it right. The Mini's a great case in point, you know. The, the, the original Mini was not sold in the US for very long at all. And the BMW Mini does quite nicely out there because it looks good and it does what it's supposed to do very well. If they can just use that vague flicker of recognition of the Lotus name in places where actually they didn't have lots of sort of little lightweight half garage built sports cars in the 50s and 60s then 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 the job is done as best as it can be because that's the thing we can get misty-eyed about car companies but the truth is if they're not viable businesses it doesn't matter a damn and also if you're on piston heads right now ranting about this car have you ever gone and bought lotuses when they were lightweight and simple the probable answer is yes one to none and so unfortunately you've driven the company to this position and i hope you feel good about yourself <laughs> it's all your fault is what we're saying it's all your fault well thank you richard that's uh, been a very insightful opinion i uh, will hand over to not michael buble now to finish the rest of his song <laughs> and uh, yeah if only buble was here everything would be much smoother <laughs>
<laughs> Absolutely. Richard, thank you. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Fortunately for me, we've come to the end of another song, or have we? I don't know. She's carrying on. We'll let her carry on. We found another familiar face. I'm going to say friend of the brand. It's Becky Evans. Hi, Becky. Hi, John Marker. How are you? I'm very well. Very well. What do you think of the car? I think it's fabulous. You know what I did like was the fact that they kind of explained the whole concept of the thing. I mean, I think it's got baby Aura's vibes. There's lots of carbon going on. Mm. There's lots of tech going on. Like, with all this electric car age, you're looking more on the tech side of things instead of the engine. You know, we're, we're used to gearboxes, noises, that sort of stuff. But now it's all about tech. And this car's loaded with it. So what can I say? She's a good-looking machine, and I like it. She is a good-looking machine. She's also very quick, from what yeah, I've heard. Like, less than three seconds to 60. Quick. Almost as quick as you, Jim. <laughs> almost, almost, but not quite. <laughs> God, it's a good thing we're friends. Um, Cut out. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. What the friends bit? <laughs> um, two hundred miles an hour. Is it two hundred? Two hundred. That's crazy. Like that's some spin to school, isn't it? <laughs> hey, mum, I can do two hundred. That's not. That's not a challenge. It's just a fact. It is. It is. Um, but overall, you, you like it, yes? Yeah, I do. I really like it. I think Lotus are entering a whole new stratosphere, you know? Like, they're a brand which kind of people are not so sure on after they had the heritage, but maybe not the, the step into the future. This has just completely transformed them. Evora, Avaya, and this one. Here, here. So, exciting future for Lotus. Which, this one? Yeah. Oh, Evia. Evia. No, this one. Electra. Electra. I like the way you say it. You say it really delicately. Electra. Electra. (laughs) How would you say it in Coventry? Electra. (laughs) That's it. That's the exact pronunciation. That's it. Well, what a day. What a day. I've I've found, once again, Andy, we, 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 we kind of saw each other at a glimpse at the beginning of the day and here we are again at the very end of the day how are you feeling i'm quite tired now (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean to give you the context john's missed out the fact that we've done a live show oh no i've explained that bit and then been to a party (laughs) so (laughs) the party bit i'm imagining you've left out um yeah i'm just kind of Relieved we got through it without swearing. Um, and I don't think we made too many mistakes as a team. And from what I can tell, the reception of the car has been pretty great. Yeah, no, I would agree. There's been a lot of... I was, I was anticipating a lot of excited faces in the, uh, in the audience and uh, seeing a lot of old, uh, good old journal- journalist friends who are all smiling and beaming and saying exciting things. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say it's gone down very well. One thing I found kind of speaking to people here is, and I think I said this to you earlier off air, John, the pictures don't quite do it justice. You have to be up close because there's so much detail to this car. I know there's detail to every car, but the way they've rewritten the rule book, the way they have harnessed, carved the air through the sheen, the crazy technology they put in it, the fact that there's LiDAR bits that pop out of the side doors and pop out of the roof. You can't see that in a photograph. No. You just can't. But when you're right there in the skin, as they're calling it tonight, I don't quite know what that means, but it's, it's in the script, so I said it. That kind of, that face-to-face with the vehicle really brings it home. And I'm sure there'll be a tour of it and whatever else. So I, I know that our audience do love their cars. There's a bound to be doing tours, going places like Cavina Machine and so on. I would really encourage you to check it out for real, because it is remarkable, isn't it? It's a very striking vehicle. It really is, yeah. It really, really is. It's kind of... 
yeah, blown away the expectations for me personally, and I think that's the reaction from a lot of people. And you're right, you need to see it, you need to get around it, see what the thing looks like. You know, it has Venturi tunnels and it has all sorts of amazing aero. It's just, yeah, a staggering looking thing. And I can't wait, Alex Gore, we spoke to earlier, he was saying, I really can't wait to see these replacing Teslas on the road in London. And I think, I think they will, I really do. Well, I mean, I know they haven't gone public with prices and things, but I think Alex has absolutely nailed it there. If these aren't replacing Teslas, what's going on? I mean, they're far more handsome. They have a more impressive range. They have faster changing. Obviously, it's, that's subjective. I think they're more handsome. Other people might say, and I appreciate there's a load of Tesla purists out there that love their Teslas. And I know that I'm very biased because I'm just in the afterglow of having done this show and everyone's really lovely at Lotus and I'm sure they're lovely at Tesla too. But this is such a cool car. Mm. It has that thing where, do you know, I think the biggest hurdle they had to jump across was Lotus fans traditionally are petrol heads. Mm. They love their sports cars. They love the history of the brand. They love the Formula One traditions and so on. And they know that when you go, when you go for a Lotus, you're buying something loud and exciting and sprightly and you have a spirited drive in it, whatever happens. How do you do that with a quiet, massive three-ton SUV? Well, this is how. And that's the difference, is I think car lovers will buy this car. You know, we've, we've found that Tesla buyers tend to be people that, that are electric petrol heads. That, sorry, that's the wrong word. That are electro heads, that want to be doing the good things and driving electric. This one, I think, will appeal to a much bigger audience. Car lovers will love it because it's cool. Electric converts will already be there. Here, here. Well, that is pretty much going to conclude our recordings today. And uh, I think you've earned a, well, time for you to have a well-earned rest, I think, Andy. I have to clear the dressing room, John. I can't that's not the, that's the true glamour there, <laughs> the true glamour of showbiz. I have to go and clear my dressing room before I get kicked out. Yeah, yeah so they, there we they go. They've given me a clock and I am... Uh, I have one minute to get changed, have a shower and put my old clothes back on and return the suit to the person that gave it to me. So, yeah. But no, it's been a lovely, really, it's sort of been amazing. I've been here for three days and that one hour launch was just, uh, I'll never forget it. It was yeah. really cool. No, well done. Um, for now, uh, back to the studio uh, with us. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.